Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. This is Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And this week, we're going to talk about four trends that human resource professionals are paying attention to that are going to impact our workplace culture in 2020. Now, this comes from a recent blog post on the SHRM website, which is the Society for Human Resource Management. And um, I think this podcast episode is right in line with everything that we've been paying attention to as it relates to the medical practices that we work with. And so I'm excited to get right into it. And so you may be thinking, this is supposed to be a marketing podcast. So why are you talking about HR and human resource management? And the short answer there is that employee engagement is the new marketing. So I wanted to share a couple of recent statistics with you to kind of illustrate that point. So number one, um, 85% of employees are not engaged in the workplace currently, according to SMARP. And these disengaged employees cost companies 450 to $500 billion each year, which is just mind boggling. And if you've been paying attention to anything that we've been uh, kind of preaching lately, we talk a lot about how an engaged employee makes for an improved patient experience at your practice. And as you improve that patient experience, then all of a sudden you start to see your social media, your online reputation management, and your individual marketing tactics and strategies sort of fall in line and rise together. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you would think that engagement was one of the top things that HR professionals are concerned about for 2020. In fact, what they're most concerned about overall is just the workplace culture and engagement plays such a big part in workplace culture. So the number one um, kind of trend that HR professionals are paying attention to this year is actually retaliation in the workplace. You know, when you think about like hashtag me too or hashtag times up, you have all of these retaliation type of um, trends and complaints that were really in the news in 2018, 2019. In fact, that the EEOC says the number one complaint filed against companies is actually retaliation related. And so according to the, um, the blog that I was reading and that we've got linked here in the show notes, um, to prevent this looming crisis, organizations need to do more in 2020, more so than simply point to you know, their non-retaliation policy that they may have written over in the filing cabinet. But actually, organizations need to start training all of their employees, in particular managers and executives, to understand how and why retaliation occurs the legal and more importantly, cultural damage it can cause and what the organizations can do to ensure non-retaliatory treatment um, when it comes to their employees. 
I was really thinking about this as I was reading it and retaliation in the workplace, it's a real thing. If you think about how quick patients are to leave a review online when they have a negative experience, you know, yes, when they have a positive experience, but just how quick as a society, all of us are to leave a negative experience online in a public view. If you think about that in terms of your employees or an ex-employee that's trying to get back at your practice for something that they feel was harassment or they feel was discrimination or um, maybe they don't realize that there's proper channels to go through to retaliate or to you know, put in a complaint or to, to file paperwork against an organization, the society nowadays says, just go online and talk about it. That's the type of retaliation that I'm concerned about with some of the practices that we work with are kind of what an ex-employee who had a bad experience could do to your reputation online. Yeah, and I would say it, it's not even ex-employees. It can be current employees that are just upset about something. I, I know that um, actually just last week I um, just saw on Facebook a friend of mine who was it was very obviously like it, it was thinly veiled sarcasm, but he was talking about his boss and some situation that had happened at work. And he didn't mention, uh, he did not mention the workplace by name, but it better not have been Josh. No, it was not Josh, but <laughs> if you know him, then you know where he works. And there was a couple of people that were also coworkers and they were kind of chiming in as well. And they're all current employees. And so, like you said, it, it's just sort of this culture that we're in now where they felt that it was fine to go online and they were doing, you know, some, some light bashing of, of their boss and sort of the, the system that they have in place to, to get things done. But, you know, I don't work there, but I know where he works and I saw that and, you know, it, it doesn't personally make me think twice about going to, to, uh, to shop where he works, but you know, for other people, it, it might, and it's just something that they don't consider because, you know, it's either not outlined in any of the HR documents, or they just flat out don't care because they know that this is a form, and I, you know, this this page represents me, and I can kind of say what I want. And bringing that back to medical practices, uh, one of the practices that we work with, I think it was a year or two ago now, um, there was an issue where a supposedly anyway a nurse was having an affair with one of the physicians at the practice and she decided to go online and sort of air all of her dirty laundry on all of the review sites and anywhere um, where she felt that she could and this can create this sort of negative um, repercussions and culture surrounding your practice that you can have no idea that's happening, all this retaliation and, and you, you know, if your head's in the sand, there's just no way for you to know these conversations are going on. And a lot of times I find it falls on us in a marketing um, kind of role to point out these conversations that are taking place. We had a practice where we had a handful of employees that were upset or there was something going on between departments and these employees thought it was appropriate to have a conversation in broken and with to have a conversation online with very poor grammar and profanity while at work and it just it doesn't take two and two to connect the dots to damage the reputation of the practice via the negative workplace culture and what's taking place 
just kind of going back and forth. And so whether it's inadvertent retaliation or intentional retaliation, this is an issue that we should really be paying attention to in 2020, um, in large part because of how much kind of um, bringing it to above the fold or really out into the light, this whole Me Too and um, Time's Up movement. It's just, as you look at the at, you look at the media attention that certain issues have gotten, you look at the way culture has changed within the workplace, and you look at the new generation of worker that's coming in, it's a completely different game than it used to be. Yeah, that's Which what I was going to say, especially now as you know, younger folks are entering the workplace and they've grown up with phones and devices in their hands this whole time. So it's a little bit different of a of a culture and a conversation that we need to be prepared to have. Um, what, what was number two in the article, Jen? So tr number two, second thing. Um, so first it was retaliation and the second kind of falls in line. It's harassment um, prevention training. So between the, all the new laws that are out there now, plus this whole heightened awareness of the Me Too movement really kind of equals a need to revisit training for employees. And the article was saying that traditional training has been woefully ineffective as it relates to harassment training. And really, you know, why would this be ineffective? Well, who cares why it's ineffective for the most part? Because for the first time ever, we've got the potential for five different generations of workers in the workplace. Each one of those generations is going to receive and give information differently. And so for the first time ever, traditional tactics for training, they're out the door because you have to start developing training programs that are gonna resonate with this new generation of worker. Kind of going back to what we were saying in the retaliation um, conversation is that you have this first generation that has grown up with like they're digital natives. Not only are they used to communicating via text messaging, via online, learning through their, you know, a, a video on their phone, but they're also used to like offloading things from their chest, like getting things off their chest through those social channels, even to the point you've got, you know, you've got um, therapy sessions that you can sign up for now that are all on your phone. I think the number one app at the, at the holiday time was like the mind app, um, like the one that's supposed to get you into your Zen spot. This tells you something from a cultural shift. And so according to um, SHRM, it's going to be up to HR professionals to find training practices that are going to work for your organization. So in 2020 this year, expect HR pros to look to best practices that include training that focuses on bystander intervention skills and positive professional and respective behavior directly related to harassment training. Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. 
if we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content, and they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience, where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got eight ways to wow patients and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about uh, at insighttrainingsolutions.io that's insighttrainingsolutions.io or just google insight training solutions you'll be glad you did yeah and i would say that just having uh sort of either uh on demand or readily available resources is probably going to be a good look for your practice because I know for a lot of the places that we work with you as a new employee you sign up and you sign a document that says that you understand these things and maybe you watch a video or it's a quick discussion and then it's never really brought up again unless there is an issue and so what I take out of this is that some organizations are going to say, here are different resources, different ways to learn, different ways to ingest this information, and not necessarily put it into the employee's hands to go and find it and do it on their own, but giving them the option to receive this training in different ways, because we know, like you said, there's five different generations of workers in the workplace, and so someone's gonna wanna have a discussion about it, Whereas someone else may just want to pick up their phone when they have a minute and you know watch a quick video, and but regardless of how they're ingesting this training, the fact that uh, it needs to be made available because right now it's probably not unless it's an issue, and and we all know that that's not the way that this should be handled. Yeah, and you know we go back to I feel like we couldn't set ourselves up any better to give ourselves a plug, but you know. The fact is we launched the new training platform last year and we've had about a thousand people that have taken the training and to go in and to see the feedback from the thousand or so people, you know, you got folks that love online training and you have folks that love in-person training. And when they're in that particular module, whether it's in-person live or something on demand at that moment, they happen to enjoy what's in front of them more than anything else when it's in front of them. But then later on, when we went back and asked, you know, something like 85% of the people that were participating in the training preferred the on-demand training. Um, whereas when you're, when you're in the on-demand realm, you would think that it would only be the younger audiences, but even the older audiences preferred the on-demand. But then, you know, in the same in the same vein, we're in there surveying the people that are participating in the live workshops. And at that time, um, you might get about thirty percent of them that prefer the live workshops. But they the preference on the live workshops is the interaction with the rest of the staff, which leads me to kind of the third. Um, third trend that the Society for Human Resource Management 
um, was talking about in their blog post, which is these new approaches to workplace culture. And so how do you take your training and interwove it with your, um, your kind of intentional efforts to really elevate your culture at your workplace. And so that is one of those things that they're looking, looking at. And so in 2019, late last year, um, the Society for Human Resource Management released a study that calculated the cost of unhealthy workplaces at an estimate, estimated $223 billion. And so they're saying that you can expect HR professionals this year to double down on efforts to be intentional about workplace culture. And according to the article, they said that we can expect um, we can expect cultural activities and training that ensures that leaders demonstrate and reinforce key organizational values, meaning that they're walking the talk. You can expect that they're going to be holding all employees accountable for behaviors that fall short of those values. Um, instead of just, you know, addressing um, misconduct, you know, in and of itself, they're, they're having, they're addressing entire value sets and then making sure that they're equipping managers with critical skills such as conflict management and professional coaching and training employees in culture building topics like bystander intervention techniques and respect, you know, take coaching, which when I was, we have an episode on it where I was with Kevin Joyce and we presented at the Bones Conference, um, the Orthopedic Society Conference, about the workplace um, culture and employee training engagement activity we did last year with that group. And Kevin spoke um, at, at length about the professional coaching he was giving to his mid-level managers. And then we're looking at some of the training that we've rolled out this past year and it's those culture building topics again and you know teaching conflict management and teaching you know how, how do you respect across gener generational divides and across diversity divides and so i feel very much like we're we're in the right realm and so to hear that hr professionals this is one of the trends that they're watching for next year really speaks volumes to some of the work i feel like that we're doing with uh, medical practices yeah, absolutely. I mean, culture is a word that is thrown around quite a bit, but it, it seems like if SHRM and all these other leading uh, publications and, and think tanks are talking about it, then it's time to pay attention to it. I was just looking at a study from Gallup, and they said that companies with highly engaged workforces are 20% more profitable. And Forbes had a long-term study uh, come out just last year and they said that a good company culture can increase revenue uh, four times over. So even if you don't really care about your culture and that's not the concern for you, when you look at the dollars and cents, it, it is time to focus on culture because everything is pointing to the fact that a good culture makes you more profitable. And if you're more profitable, well, then you have less problems. Well, yeah. And it's also where when we're talking about culture, this is where marketing and employee engagement are coming together because it's the intentionality in creating a positive workplace culture. You're seeing it through your employees and you're seeing it on social media and you're especially seeing it from a reputation standpoint on your ability to attract and retain employees on websites like Glassdoor and things of that nature. So this is where it's kind of all coming together. So yeah, the, for um, sure. The I mean, if, if you're a, a good place to work, then that sort of starts to shine through. And you know, if, if people enjoy coming to work there, then your patients are going to also enjoy coming to receive treatment at your Absolutely. facility. Absolutely. 
So the fourth trend that, um, that they were looking at and they're talking about for 2020 is data transparency. So the thing is HR data historically has always been something like that's held close to the vest. You know, we don't talk about salaries. We don't talk about, um, you know, complaints that are within the workplace. We don't talk about anything related to HR. And it, the, the society is talking about, no, this trend is starting to shift. And especially if you look at um, kind of Uber released a big kind of workplace culture um, benchmark study last year that's really brought transparency to the forefront. I was actually over the holidays at the beach and reading a series in the Harvard Business Review about data transparency trends, especially in the area of sharing data related to um, customers and customer acquisition for shareholders. And so what they're saying is, is that more and more it's going to be mainstream that your shareholders, which could be your patients, could be your employees, it could be people investing in your company, are going to expect to see some of these metrics, whether those metrics are um, how you pay across the genders, what your diversity numbers might be, how you are dealing with complaints. It could be a harassment complaint. It could be um, an equal opportunity complaint, but you know, how many complaints are you getting you know, trend-wise across your organization? And then how are you dealing with those, um, those complaints? And so SHRM is saying that more and more in 2020, data transparency related to HR data is going to be something that is gonna be expected. And so we need to look at this. Um, and I think from a marketing standpoint, we've kind of got a head start on it because data transparency from a marketing standpoint has been front and center for the last couple of years. And so it feels like HR starting to catch up on that. Yeah, and I know we've talked about this before and I can't remember the exact generation. I think it's generation Z, um, but when they start to enter the workforce, they're more concerned than any generation beforehand about how the organization is viewed. So are they green? Are they socially aware? Where do they stand on certain issues? Things like that, that, you know, from a transparency standpoint, didn't really matter before, you know, so if you're very old school practice, you say, um, you know, you are an employee, you come in, you perform a task, I pay you for the task. But employees, now the you know younger ones and the ones that are coming they want to work for an organization that they can believe in that they can grow with that will provide them opportunities but also sort of aligns with the things that they hold true you know outside of work so in addition to equal pay it's also diversity and you know social initiatives how they handle crises around them and um, it's, it's just interesting it's totally different than it was even just a few years ago well especially as the boomers are retiring and generation exactly. z generation z are the folks that have just gotten out of high school in the last year or so and so it's very likely that our listeners have some generation z folks that are working for them and millennials who used to be considered the younger ones are actually in the mid-management level um, roles at this point and so you, you're hitting the nail on the head that there is there's this kind of um, cultural mindset with this younger generation that, you know, one, I'm going to, I need to be part of something bigger than myself. It's not just about money. I expect the organization that I'm going to work, work for and with, um, and I think that's a key piece. I don't work for an organization. I work with an organization with, for a cause. And so together we're doing it. And so it's that kind of mindset 
which is why having that positive workplace culture is so important in attracting and retaining this generation of worker. Yeah, it's more of a we mentality. So here's a challenge. Here's how we handled it, even if they're, you know, the person saying that had nothing to do with it, instead of here's a challenge, here's what they did. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's inclusive because that matters. Yeah, so these are some great trends and um, definitely some things that are already on our radar, but hopefully our listeners got something out of this other than just my nonstop rambling. Um, so four trends to pay attention to, check it out on the website. We've got links to the articles. I think it's um, it's good stuff to you know put onto a sticky note on the side of your desk and revisit it mid-year this year. So um, with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. And we'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.